I remember the enchanted English walled garden. Days of summer air and honeysuckled nights. The capricious dance of lavenders and cabbage whites. Made more than 3D, glowing in the evening, one shadowed sun. Nothing really changes The weather always does
alone that is the question we are asking today on this week's soundscape my name is woody harris and i'm Susie harris bouncing off satellites bouncing off satellites there you go is that what you're doing i don't know but that's what it feels like yeah. oh you're you're bouncing off satellites yeah i think that so. is a that is a wonderful b52s album mm, indeed it even has the the song planet claire on it i think yes i think it does she came from planet claire <laughs> um at any rate, uh, this episode is brought to you by the idea of uh, the Prime Directive, First Contact. What do we do when we see or hear that there is something out there? We've been looking to the stars forever. We sent out an invitation many, many years ago to say, hey, come say hi to us. I think we probably included too much information, but nevertheless... Um, <laughs> We're going to play you music that's about that connection between the other world, the out there, the beyond. And so we started with a band called SETI. Isn't that awesome, right? A band called SETI. I had no idea they existed before I did this research. Uh, and their song was Listening to the Sky. Kind of a simple little atmospheric piece before we launched into Marillion's El Dorado, which is meant to be sort of a state of affairs in the world. If you think about a lot of people who are looking to the skies kind of thing, they're looking for answers, at least some of them are. You know, the primary question being, are we alone? Is anybody out there? And many pieces of music have, have chose or tried to, to deal with that question, whether it's taking into account other people's experiences of extraterrestrials or creating a musical 
event that makes it sound like we're having a contact with an alien consciousness. So lots of good stuff to come along here. Um, Susie, have you had any contact with uh, aliens or UFOs ever? No. None whatsoever? None whatsoever. Ever met anybody who had those things? I don't think so. Okay. Not to my knowledge. I, I know people or I have known people who swear by the gods that they have seen something. I myself have not seen anything. I'm I'm one of those like skeptics who is waiting to be proved one way or the other. Um but if you dear listener are listening and you're not in chat and you have had an experience, come on into chat and confess. <laughs> confess. <laughs> confess to your sin of heresy. Oh. <laughs> All right, judgy. <laughs> Like you're taking me seriously? I know. <laughs> but it is very judgy sounding. Of course. Of course. Of course. We promise we'll welcome you and give you some tea. <laughs> Still want to know. I mean, I, I want to hear from people who've said they've had this experience. So, Anyway, as we kind of started with the state of the world, so to speak, uh, this is Neil Morse, the new Neil Morse band. This name of the song is Welcome to the World. Check it out. I think you're going to really like it. Welcome to the world! I turn my back on everyone Retreating deep into my wandering mind My father left and went his way Religion went on holiday And nothing's really necessary We're broken lives are ordinary When I complain I hear the people say
the machines that do the work, taking their lives, look for reasons, aimless. They've taken the jobs of a thousand men, bringing the will, feeling no purpose in life. You should not think that way.
You're listening to Soundscape on progrock.com. That set was a little more of the kind of like, here's the state of our world kind of thing. Uh, we started there with uh, the Neil Morse band and Welcome to the World. Kind of a story about how cynical we are about things. Um, and uh, then Magenta, an entire suite called Man and the Machine. And uh, we heard... Man and Machine, War, Remembrance, The Watchers, Lightspeed, and First Contact. <coughs> so, we're not quite into the UFO music yet, um, but I wanted to kind of give a state of things. Of course, they the, the did have First Contact there at the end of Magenta, but you know, I don't really know the music of Magenta, and I haven't been able to find the lyrics for it, so it's either First Contact with a computer species like a, a computer intelligence or its first contact with aliens i wasn't entirely sure, sure. <laughs> we we uh we've changed the name of our alexa to computer and uh she responds every time anything in the house says the word computer especially on thursdays when we watch star trek discovery see you can see? hear her back there i'm sorry i'm not sure yeah Yes, there's the discovery watching is hilarious because <laughs> there's at least two or three times during it where there are Alexa interludes. <laughs> or yeah, or or we're watching Deep Space Nine a lot now. Yes, and, and that's true. Uh, I never paid attention to how many times they used the word computer in Deep Space Nine, but they used it a lot, <laughs> enough to cause us interruptions on a regular basis. But I'm not willing to change it because I feel like someday. She will respond in kind to something that is said on TV. So there you go. Um, let's get into some real music about UFOs and contact with extraterrestrials. We'll start with Adrian Ballou on this one. This is called Looking for a UFO by Adrian Ballou.
Since biblical times, man has witnessed and recorded strange manifestations in the sky and speculated on the possibilities of visitors from another world. Today, from the skies of California, the fields of Kansas, the rice paddies of the Orient, the air lanes of the world, come persistent reports of UFOs, unidentified flying objects which we have come to know as flying saucers. Oh, 
they made different.
I believe. <laughs> You're listening to Soundscape on progrock.com, and we are checking out music about alien, alien visitors, alien abductions, alien sightings, alien contact. Uh, we started that set with Adrian Ballou looking for a UFO. After that was Man or Astro Man uh, with Alien Visitors. Big Elf did Alien Frequency. Billy Thorpe, Children of the Sun, always a favorite. Amplifier did UFOs. And finally, Zebra, Who's Behind the Door. All right, I was just looking at some stuff regarding Randy Jackson, who is the writer. Uh, he, he's uh, the lyricist and uh, I, I think maybe lead singer for... I, you should, I should know more about Zebra probably, yeah? But either way, um, he said, when I was a kid, I had a lot of questions about life in general. That's how I wrote Who's Behind the Door for the first Al Zebra album. It dealt with that same kind of subject. Um, so other things that I had seen said, you know, that he thought that maybe there was some connection between us and uh, that maybe we were placed here by aliens or something to that effect. But he believed that they couldn't help us either. <laughs> that's, that's certainly what the song intends anyway. Um, but now we're going to go to a couple of songs that are actually stories about actual UFO sightings. The first one is from a band called Visitors, and the name of the song is Flatwoods Story. Check it out. Flatwood. 
freaked him out a little bit because um that's only when i was about three or four years old me and my little brother we used to go out in our backyard and we we go up on top of the swing set up there we climb up on top it was mark and um and we would we climb up on top of the swing set and we could we could sit up there like all night and we'd watch these drive-in movies that were about you know like a half a mile away over on this hill we just sit up there all night and we would we just We'd watch the movies, okay. And we had a pretty good view of like the sky there. You could see the sky pretty good as we were watching the movies. Okay, one night we're out there, sitting up there watching the movies like usual, and we're watching on the horizon there. Six UFOs. No kidding. Our formation, right? <laughs> really? I mean right there in formation, there's six UFOs right there, okay? So we're just little kids, okay? And it sort of freaks us out a little bit. So I get down, I get down off the swing set, and I go in to get mom, because that's what you do when you're a little kid, you just go get mom, because weird shit's happening. So by the time I come back with mom to check it out, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, I knew that. Okay, and so no one believed me. Okay, so I'm about 10 or 11, and me and Mark are playing football in this field by our house, okay? And we've had about enough, we've been playing for a while, and we're getting ready to go in. And um, we're walking to the house there, okay, and it's, this is real. It's the same sort of deal. You can see the sky pretty good, and the sun's sort of going down, but it's still pretty light out. You know what I mean? Okay? And um, we're watching, we're walking up there, viewing the horizon, and no bullshit, the same six UFOs are right there in form. <laughs> oh, that's heavy, dude. Right there, dude, I'm, I know, man. It's right there in formation. But we don't freak out this time, okay? Because we, you know, we saw them, really. they were ready. So we yeah. And they're right there, hovering right over our heads, man. And we sit there, and they come closer and closer. And we're just sitting there. There we go. We're waiting on them. They're coming towards us. And they made this really weird sound. I mean, I'll never forget. It made this sound. And it sounded like this. Like this. Like this.
left you in want. Your knowledge has made you cynical, not wise. Your cleverness is hard and unkind. You think too much and care too little. More than technology, you need humanity. More than cleverness, you need compassion. Without these qualities, your lives will end violently and all will be lost. Thank you. 
form of urgency Cause I've got to be free Free to face the life that's ahead of me On board I'm the captain So climb aboard We'll search for tomorrow And every shore And I'll try Oh Lord, I'll try To carry on
I thought that they were angels, but much to my surprise, they climbed aboard their starship and headed for the skies. That is, come sail away from Styx. And you're listening to Soundscape on progrock.com. We had an alien set, a totally alien set for the most part. We listened to Visitor's Flatwood Story, which I guess is a famous uh, UFO abduction story of some sort. Followed that with Flaming Lips and the UFO Story. That was pretty messed up, if true, if real. (laughs) Um, Tool after that with Rosetta Stoned, which is also an abduction story. Um, I was posting the lyrics a little while ago for this, and uh, I I just have to just have to go back here. Um, And after calming me down with some orange slices and some fetal spooning, ET revealed to me his singular purpose. He said, "You are the chosen one, the one who will deliver the message." A message of hope for those who choose to hear it, and a warning for those who do not. Me? The chosen one? And I didn't even graduate from frickin' high school. I'm sure he says something different there, but it's all start out. <laughs> uh, followed it up with Keep It Dark from Simon Collins. Palace did the Alien Messiah. John Williams did the Close Encounters of the Third Kind Conversation. Using music as a means to communicate with extraterrestrial intelligence. That's a thing we're kind of doing. You know, we, we sent out, uh, I think it was Voyager 1, right? That uh, that sent out the sort of invitation. It had, an, uh, it had a vinyl LP with it, I think. An actual vinyl LP. But more recently, we have uh, targeted a Goldilocks zone area um, with EDM music. True story. This is uh, this is kind of crazy. Um, electronic dance music artists are Earth's ambassadors to the universe. Throughout the month of May 2018, 35 EDM songs were launched into outer space in hopes of contacting alien life. It's a project being led by the Sonar Music Festival, the Catalonia Institute of Space Studies, and METI International. Their goal is to have songs received by intelligent beings relatively close by. Isn't that cool? Should be Prague. Should be Prague. <laughs> the EDM. How do you decide what aliens want to listen to? That's a really interesting question. Like, are they going to enjoy Genesis? Should we be sending them sticks, Pink Floyd, things that we think are space travel based music? Or, I don't know. Maybe we just want the aliens to have a good time. I mean, I. I do remember, I don't know if you guys have read the book The Sparrow. I know you have, Susie. <laughs> but The Sparrow is um, its about a first contact situation. And uh, it starts with music. So that's, uh, check that out. That's a really, really great piece of fiction from Mary Doria Russell. It's called The Sparrow. Anyway, so first contact, we're kind of all over it. We haven't really discussed the Prime Directive. You know, originally... This show was supposed to be about the Prime Directive. You know, that whole Starfleet idea that we're not supposed to interfere in alien worlds, and I wanted to figure out whether or not there was any first contact protocol songs. I didn't find almost anything. Um, But it's an interesting idea, this idea that we shouldn't interfere with less developed planets. It's either a really hoity-toity, we're better than you kind of idea, we have the ability to actually ruin your civilization just by infecting you with ours. Or it's a really enlightened attitude towards 
making sure that we don't impact other people's timelines. I don't know. It's a long-standing question in Star Trek history, and of course, many, many episodes show many, many captains uh, failing at the Prime Directive. But uh, it, it's it's an important piece of information to think about as we start to get in touch with alien cultures, if that ever happens. Um, the other thing, and, and I, I think this is kind of pertinent, is that we watched the first episode of Dynasties, which is a BBC America or a BBC production um, done with um, what's his name that does all the nature documentaries? David Attenborough. David Attenborough. And we're watching these really sort of vicious attack scenes, and I think we're all sitting there thinking, well, the cameraman is right there. Why can't he stop this vicious attack scene? And everything I looked up in terms of looking at how we interact with nature said, you know, this is going to happen anyway. We're trying to record it. We're trying not to get involved. Interesting idea. Anyway, um... Let's carry on with some more alien connections here. This is one I did not know existed, and uh, thanks to the wonderful folks at uh, at our prog rock station, and, and ultimately thanks to Mike Bo, because I think he might have been the one to suggest this. Um, I found this song by Manning called Antares, and uh, think you're going to enjoy that. But I think you're going to enjoy the entire set. So let's let's take off again, and. Uh, Check out more music about alien life. Far out of sight, on the crest of the ocean, patrollers are pitched like floats in slow motion. My father and brother with the name of the sea Hauling their haul and the weights underneath Rolling the salt barrels, caskets of ice The nets will burst open like birds in free flight The wind and the water cut through to the bone Turning the boat around, heading for home But the ride from Antares to greet me tonight Matching the candle that waits by the window And calls to the night The light from Antares is travels to greet me tonight Our own journey is short and over too soon as the red star cast runs on my face and the walls of my room Play host to the galaxy Bathed in delight, we sparkle the globe like firefly lights. Mayfly moments and lightning crash, lost in a second of brilliant flash. 
while stretching its heart on a traveling sleeve. The soul of this giant is barely perceived, ignoring our transitory nature and haste. It stretches its fingers and flexes through space. But the light from Antares travels to greet me tonight. Matching the candle that waits by the window and calls to the night. The light from Antares travels to greet me tonight. Our own journey is short. As the red star cast bronze on my face and the walls of my room. 
But I'd be 
driving surges to sustain no life at all. Driving surges to sustain no life at all. I spin in all directions with no key to the legends. I spin in all directions with no way to past dimensions. In your haze of your pollution. Superstition
All right, that one is not quite... Okay, so Sound of Contact did a concept album about contact with an alien species. I'm not absolutely sure Mobius Slip is about contact with an alien species, but anyway, it's part of the album, so there you go. We started that set with Antares by Manning. Subterranean Homesick Alien by Radiohead was next after that. A Perfect Circle did So Long and Thanks for All the Fish. RPL, RPWL, RPWL, of, uh, they have a new one, and it's called, you know, you'd think I'd remember this, it's called Tales from Outer Space, and so we heard the opening track from that one, A New World, and then finally Sound of Contact, Mobius Slip. So the original plan was to, to like, talk about all these stories of alien contact, and then head out to space for contact with aliens on another planet. So kind of what Star Trek does, where they actually go and visit someone, and then you get a first contact protocol kind of thing. But the music has kind of taken us a while to get to this point, and so I think what we'll do is in a few episodes away, we'll come back and we'll take off to space, because I have that set set up, but I don't want to set it up for the last 30 minutes of the show, because then it's just like, uh, we didn't mean to go there. How are you doing over there? I am okay. I don't like our weather right now, but I'm okay. Yeah, we're in the midst of stormy craziness outside, and we're told rolling thunderstorms will hit our area. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. <laughs> um, well, barometric pressure crap with my head and all that. So it, Yeah. So, Susie's connected to the weather. Yeah. So I'm not been very talkative this, this outing. That's all right. We're listening to Aliens anyway. <laughs> uh, this next track is by... Well, it was originally by by Genesis. But this is Steve Hackett's version of it. Um, I figured that was a, a good choice. This is from the, uh, the first Genesis Revisited album. And uh, it's Watcher of the Skies. I think if I remember correctly, this one is based on uh, Arthur C. Clarke's Childhood's End. Either way, uh, it's a great song, and uh, enjoy. We'll, we'll uh, see what else comes after this.
Sleep with me. You can dream and drowse. The minutes turn to hours. We could climb a tree or two and watch the sun go down upon our sleepy town.
me say that our mission here at this time is about to come to a close in the next few days. We came from distant space and even what some might call somewhat of another dimension. And we're about to return from whence we came. before it is recycled. Every time 
voluntary morning is waiting to share. The dog barks throughout the day. From breakfast to dinner, he gnaws to the bone. Companion who makes his prey. Late at night, fresh flies are put to my hand.
the knights in armor come and saying something about a queen. There were peasants singing and drummers drumming and the archers split the tree. I was lying in a burned out basement with the full moon in my eyes. I was hoping for replacement when the sun burst through the sky. There was a band playing in my head and I felt like getting Mother Nature's Silver Seed to a New Home. How was it? It was great. Yeah, had a good time? Yes. The cats didn't, uh, apparently. No. I guess it's the storm that's it's coming in. It's the storm. Yeah. So, hey, guys. Uh, we started that set with Steve Hackett and Watcher of the Skies from the Genesis Revisited album number one. 
After that, uh, continuing with Steve Hackett. I didn't even realize I did that. Continuing Steve Hackett in, <laughs> in continuum with Crash Landing. Uh, in Continuum is the new band with Dave Kersner, and that featured Steve Hackett on the song Crash Landing. Followed that up with Porcupine Tree and Last Chance to Evacuate Planet Earth Before It Is Recycled. Ben Craven did Spy in the Sky Part 3. Not quite sure how it fits in there, but it did have the shat. So, <laughs> there's that. The fact that you're It had the shat, and there's that. Um, sorry. Uh, and... Uh, after I'm sure that, he's just thrilled with that the shortening of his name. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure. I, I don't care what anybody says, and I know that, that, that people think he's cheesy. I, I, I like everything he does, I think. I never watched TJ Hooker. That was a good show. I enjoyed it. Um, but, of course, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, and um, I don't care about his get-a-life speech. I think he's figured himself out since then. Uh, followed up with Neil Young and After the Gold Rush. Um, there you go. That is our our total perspective vortex moment for uh, alien connection to the Earth. And uh, in a few weeks, a few shows that is, we will go and uh, we'll take that trip into space that I promised. Um, but next time around, we'll be going to 1989. Take a trip back in, or no, I'm sorry, 88. 88, not 89. We're not ready for 89 yet. <laughs> uh, we'll go back to 1988 and check out the prog and music from that period of time. Um, and then we've got some other great stuff on the horizon for you. So thanks for listening to Soundscape and thanks for coming by. And uh, we're going to play one more song for you. All right. Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone. I'm not even going to announce the song. I'm just going to say, bye. <laughs> you guys ever see Tombstone? I, I, if you've seen Tombstone, there's that moment where the family is passing the villain and he's sitting at the edge of town in his chair. He's got it kind of kicked back. And they say, we're leaving now. And he says, well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that has nothing to do with aliens, so let's move on. This is our last song. We'll see you next time.
Once again, Cyrano proved the uh, tongue mightier, mightier than the sword. In fact, the real Cyrano had such a high regard for words. He made that his lunar currency and not money. Alas, that remains fantasy. But many of uh, Cyrano's futuristic notions came to pass. For example, he envisioned a room lit by flameless tapers enclosed in glass. One of his characters fashions the first parachute made out of a billowing skirt. Ah, he, he saw a pageless book that emits sound, first phonograph. And he describes a multi-stage rocket with the boosters falling away. And he envisaged the fountain of youth on the moon. And in a way, he wasn't far from wrong there. There is a kind of fountain of youth in space, and it's called the time dilation. Effect. It goes something like this. If you were to leave the Earth at a steady acceleration of 1G, Earth's gravity, we would reach the Andromeda Nebula a million light years away in 30 years of ship time. That's ship time, not Earth time. That's because as we approach the speed of light, time slows down. When we return from this mythical journey, the Earth would be 2 million years old. We would have aged 60 years, of course. 
question is, what would we see when we arrived back from this mythical journey? Would we be Neanderthals by comparison to the sophisticated people that uh, were on Earth? Or would we see mutant life forms emerging from atomic ruins? Indeed, would the Earth be here at all? Those esoteric notions are uh, written about in modern-day science fiction. In the 18th century, their concerns were much closer to home. For example, in 1727, when the South Sea bubble burst, people went broke. And a lot of get-rich-quick schemes proliferated. John Daniel and his son, on a magic platform, went into space, a magic platform with calico wings. And with them, instead of taking food and drink, they took a magic leaf for a space stick. And then a whole army of fictional balloonists came after them. Vivenair sent a balloon to uh, the new, newly discovered planet Georgium Sidus. It was named Georgium Sidus by its discoverer, William Herschel, who was uh, an astronomer, and, 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 and was named after King George, who uh, finally lost out because that planet is now known as Uranus. And a print from the mid-1800s shows a typically French contribution to the uh, balloon craze. In this print, is a, it's a gaily striped balloon that can seat 4,000 people. There's a cafe, organ music, and a bordello. <laughs> and then fact overcame fiction. And in New York City here, there. <laughs> the New York Sun newspaper began to report extraordinary facts. John Herschel, astronomer, it reported, has built a giant telescope on the Cape of Good Hope, and with it, he can see new civilizations on the moon and on the, and on the planets. And there were head, banner headlines, actual fact. On, on Wednesday, unicorn on the moon. Thursday, biped beavers that walk like men, live in huts, use fire. Friday, winged humanoids. Saturday, temple made of polished sapphire. Monday, man bats. And on Tuesday, a reporter by the name of John Locke got a raise in salary from his $12 a week. He had made the whole thing up. And maybe it was because of that kind of reporting in the New York Sun that made these things both frightening and thrilling at the same time, that first set people thinking about the little green men. <laughs> Maybe whatever's up there, they thought, is just like us. Well, maybe they're better than us. Maybe they're, uh, well, a little worm of fear began to uh, do its work. Psyches opened up like Pandora's box. Fear of the unknown began to people the mystery of space with monsters. Are we alone? Are they up there? Are they watching us? And in the London 
of H.G. Wells in 1894, they came. Seen as Horso Common, there's a large hole made last night by the impact of a meteor-like projectile. Sand and gravel have been flung violently in all directions. It can be seen for a mile and a half. The heather is on fire, and the s smoke can be seen against the darkening sky as it goes towards night. The projectile itself lies in a deep pit, almost completely buried in sand and gravel and pieces of wood from shattered fir trees. The uncovered part of what seems to be a giant cylinder is caked over with a dun-colored encrustation. Maybe a, a hundred people or more are gathered around, communicating in short, excited cries, hiding behind the hedges and in the ditches and behind the fences. And a young man, eyewitness, obviously shaken, gives this account. I think perhaps everyone expected a man to emerge. Perhaps a little unlike us terrestrial men, but in all essentials a man. I know I did. Presently, I saw something stirring within the shadows. Gray, billowy movements one upon another. And then, two luminous disks, like eyes. And then something re resembling a little gray snake, the size perhaps of a walking stick. Coiled up out of the writhing middle and wriggled toward me, and then another. A sudden chill came over me. It was a shriek from a woman behind me. I, I turned, keeping my eyes still on the cylinder from which another of those tentacles were now emerging. I began to push myself back from the edge of the pit. I saw astonishment give way to terror on the faces of the people around me. There were inarticulate exclamations on all sides. There was a general movement backward. I found myself alone. The people on the other side of the pit had run off, stent among them. I looked back at the cylinder. And was over, overcome with ungovernable terror and was petrified and staring. Large, grayish hulk, the size perhaps of a bear, was slowly and painfully rising out of the cylinder as it bulged up and caught the light. It glistened like wet leather. Two dark colored eyes gazed at me steadfastly. The mass of the thing surrounded it. The head of the thing was rounded and had, one might say, a face. There was a mouth underneath the eyes, the lipless brim of which quivered and panted and dropped saliva. The whole creature heaved and pulsated convulsively. A lank, tentacular appendage gripped the edge of the cylinder. Another swayed in the air. Those who have never seen a living Martian can scarcely understand the strange horror of its appearance. The peculiar V-shaped mouth with its pointed upper lip. The absence of brow ridges. The absence of a chin beneath its wedge-like lower lip. The incessant trembling of those lips. The gorgon group of tentacles. The tumultuous breathing of the lungs in the strange atmosphere. The evident heaviness and painfulness of movement due to the greater gravitational energy flow of the earth. And above all, the extreme. 
extraordinary intensity of those immense eyes which were at once vital, intense, crippled, inhuman, and monstrous. There's something fungoid in the oily brown skin, something in the tedious movements, unspeakably nasty. Even at this first encounter, this first glimpse, I was overcome with dread and disgust. This chilling account was by H.G. Wells in War of the Worlds. And to Wells's countrymen, who, who had an almost uh, childlike belief in God, the empire, and science, it rang a note of dire warning. Science was not all benign. Man was not in complete control. I read Verne, and I read Wells, and I read a lot of science fiction when I was younger. I found science fiction like a window to the future, because some of the men who write that form of literature are scientists, and they've seen had some acquaintanceship with laboratory possibilities, and they have the imagination of artists. They combine the two, and it kind of gives you the possibilities of the future. I was intrigued always by science fiction. One day I was working in New York. A man by the name of Gene Roddenberry called me. He said, look, we've made a pilot film called Star Trek. It didn't sell. We're going to make, but NBC and Paramount Studios Studios are sufficiently interested in making a second pilot. Would you come and see the first pilot with the idea of being in it? I flew back to Hollywood and saw the magic, the possibilities. We all worked together to try to, to overcome some of the problems that had plagued the first pilot, and the rest is, is history. Here we are. <laughs> Put the house like that. 